0: Just, I've been, you know, working in this field for my whole life, and I have validation after validation after validation that spontaneous healing is real, remote viewing is real, UFOs are real, uh, extraterrestrial contact is real. All of this. Is real to so many people. Is it possible that we're all crazy? Right. So, uh, you know, from based on all of that validation, um, when I do these conferences, Alexis, so with History Channel, speaking of which, you know, I'm in the room, there's 3,000 people. Uh, we're talking about abductions, um, people coming in contact with some sort of extraterrestrial energy um, and, uh, or craft or UFOs, and people are in tears.
1: Right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. Well, it's been a long time coming, journeyers. A couple of things have been a long time coming. First of all, you may know that I have not recorded for several weeks now, uh, maybe even close to four weeks, Caroline, Corey, because uh, yours truly was filming uh, for the History Channel. The proof is out there. We're coming up with season three. So it was a pleasure to get that under our belt. And I might add, and you can see who's on the screen with me. Caroline Corey is back, and I would call her a network television uh, mate as well. You uh, probably uh, know Caroline with her great contribution to the History Channel, specifically Ancient Aliens. So uh, keeping it going, girl. And I am so glad to have you here today to talk about yet another Kick, I'm going to say it, guys kick ass (laughs) film (laughs) called A Tear in the Sky. A Tear in the Sky. We're going to get into the film, Caroline Corey. But uh, what I was saying, everybody, to Caroline offline uh, before we got started, obviously, we want to really dig into what's made this film, like her others, so brilliant, but different this time. But I have to say, if y'all don't know, we got a lot going on in the UFO slash UAP. Community, culture, discussion, public discourse right now. I'm going to say this right off the bat because we're going to talk about it. We've got two major developments one that has happened and one that is about to commence. The first one being uh, let's call it a data dump, a data dump, 1500 plus pages of information based on a FOIA request that was actually uh, applied for by The Sun, a British tabloid, the U.S. version of The Sun. In fact, we're going to put a link to a couple of articles with reference to that. They filed this FOIA request, Caroline, I know you know, back in 2017 when the lid blew off the proverbial uh, can, if you will, the tint uh, on the uh, Nimitz, the Tic Tac UFO, the, and the fact that the Pentagon had in fact been secretly conducting um, a pretty comprehensive program into the legitimacy of UFO and UIP. Well, four years hence, the FOIA request was granted and over, I believe, close to 1600 pages of documents have been released not to us. I don't think, Caroline, maybe you can Maybe you can clarify. I know that the Sun got the information, uh, the, the answer to their FOIA with this documentation, but here's the kicker, guys. In the documentation, of course, it highlights the myriad of UFO, UAP reports that have uh, been documented and that the Pentagon was uh, 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 collecting the data for, but also the physiological effects that have been associated notoriously with these uh, sightings. We want to get into that. And I know I'm doing a lot of talking, but I want to level set for everybody. And then I'm going to let Caroline talk. The second is something that's upcoming, I believe, on the 17th, if I'm not mistaken, of May, we're recording here on the 12th of May, of a a hearing that will be conducted by uh, Congress. It's an open hearing into uh, the UFO, UAP. They want to start to collate more information, uh, not just gathering it sort of ad hoc, but really putting it together and coming up with a a plan to really, really dig deep into all of this. So, okay. I think I got everything on the table and we're going to talk about a tear in the sky and why it's all relevant right now. So whew, got that out of the way. Thanks for indulging me guys. <laughs> Caroline, Corey, welcome. Got a, a few things to discuss. A. Eh?
0: yeah right hey alexis so good to see you again how are you you, love oh god you know life is full for me
1: (laughs) you know that but i'm still smiling and we have a lot to be excited about let's start with your great film a tear in the sky i had the pleasure of screening it uh, just a few days ago and i knew it was going to be off the charts but i want you to start right at the beginning caroline tell people what you did with this film that has never been done before.
0: Well, as always, for those who know me from other films, uh, what I like to do is take a subject and uh, usually it's in the paranormal realm and uh, make it normal because to me, my whole life is sort of paranormal, (laughs) you know? And, uh, but just, I've been, you know, working in this field for my whole life and I have validation after validation after validation. That spontaneous healing is real. Remote viewing is real. UFOs are real. Uh, extraterrestrial contact is real. All of this is real to so many people. Is it possible that we're all crazy? Right. So, uh, you know, from based on all of that validation, um, when I do these conferences, Alexis, so with History Channel. Speaking of which, you know, I'm. In the room, there's 3,000 people. Uh, we're talking about abductions, um, people coming in contact with some sort of extraterrestrial energy, um, and uh, or craft or UFOs. And people are in tears. Nobody leaves the room. I'm pre- it's pretty much like just me and maybe Linda or you know a couple of other people on a panel, or I'm just lecturing. It's, it's crazy how many people are actually uh, remembering uh, having some sort of extraterrestrial contact, some sort of non-physical, crazy paranormal thing. And so, so, uh, so because of that, this time uh, with the UFO subject being so mainstream, really, the last couple of years, I thought, what can I do with this subject? to make it uh, credible even more to the mainstream, bring more validation. So of course I thought the best way is to bring science. Now, you know, there's different approaches. I did not want to have a bunch of scientists look at footage that's already out there and tell us, well, we think it's this, we think it's that. Cause we don't really know what, you know, how this, uh, uh, footage was captured. We don't have enough data. We don't have any different angles. We don't have any other uh, correlations. And so, so I thought, let's go out from scratch. You know, we if it, if a scientist wanted to investigate this subject, how would they do it? So we went out and uh, set up an expedition with a crazy <laughs> amount of equipment. And uh, because also, usually it's just optical, just a camera or something like that. So, of course, we had a bunch of regular cameras. We had the night vision, the infrared, and the FLIR cameras, which are 10 times uh, more precise in the thermal range, in the infrared range. Uh, we had uh, magnetometers, spectrum analyzers, radiation detectors, um, RF detector. I mean, all sorts of devices and, and a multitude of them, not just one of each, and um for the purpose of retrieving data in real time as we are observing the UFO, right? Um, and collecting this data and finding correlations because that's what makes something scientific. It's when it's not just like a one-off data, it's right. That data correlates with this data, correlates with that data at the same time. Also, uh, we set up in different locations at the same time to achieve triangulation. So now we even have different angles. So so that was a huge undertaking. First of all, no one's ever done anything like this at that scale. I've never seen anything. In fact, when we were planning the film, you know, the first thing you do as a filmmaker, you see what's out there, you know, on this subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's been done, so you don't copy, so you don't repeat, you know. And I was, we were blown away. Me and my production team were like, wait, there's not like one scientist or what you know, one scientific organization that said let's go out and do it right from scratch. It was mind blowing. So that's another reason why with everything that's happening right now, it's like, Caroline, go out and do this right now, no matter what it costs, no matter what it takes. And so so that's what we ended up doing. And I know it was guided (laughs) because I had the idea in December Uh, By March, everything was in place. We had the team, we had the location, uh, the budget. You know, it it was just like everything was flowing. And by July, we were filming.
1: Last July. Yeah, that's what I thought. So let's give the audience, Caroline, a little bit, thank you for that, a little bit more uh, logistics in terms of who was involved and where you were and how it's connected, or at least some of what you were trying to procure was and is connected to that famous Nimitz uh, tic-tac-toe, not just the report, but the footage that so many people got to see back in 2017, and some of the people who were witness to that uh, were also involved in your film. Let's start with Kevin Day, somebody who I've had on the show a couple of years ago now.
0: Right, right. And so so originally, uh, because I work with a lot of scientists, I thought, let me just find the scientists and put a team together that way. And then during our research in pre-production, I stumbled on Kevin Day and I thought, and I saw, oh, he's got, a group together and so I spoke with him and I really loved connecting with him he's so real so authentic yes. he's, oh he's amazing and so he said Caroline I've put this team together uh, UAPX team and uh, you know we already we've been wanting to do an expedition like this so it was like oh <laughs> you know so he already had a couple of scientists on his team and more importantly he had david mason who pretty much supplied 99 percent of the equipment you see in the film wow. and inventions which you also saw in the film uh the inventions where you convert light into sound and sound right into light. we talked about that yeah crazy, crazy stuff And so I thought, you know what, let me give it a try. Instead of putting a team from scratch together, let's see if Kevin Day's team would work out. And and because of that, you know, I'm making a film, right? So there has to be a sort of a storyline. It ended up being that three of the cast members, in fact, we had another cast member, were the guys who were on the Nimitz, on the USS Princeton Kevin Day being the radar guy who caught it first um, and a couple of other guys. And so, so it kind of made sense to tie that story with what we were doing. Of course. These guys, especially Kevin Day was so affected by what happened to them. Speaking of the, of the connection and.
1: Bear in mind, I, 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 I still hadn't put two and two together on this whole UFO thing. I and mean, you know, my, mm-hmm. I, I was living in the wilderness, man. I was um, homeless. I, was, I didn't have no money left. I was pretty much rubberless. I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. And I didn't relate any of these things back, back to this situation. And a funny thing happened when we were back out in the mountains. My cousin was back there with me. And uh, for some unknown reason, I started saying thank you to God. And I've never been a really religious person. I don't have a religion. But for some reason, I started telling God, thank you. And I really mean it when I say it, you know, it's from my heart. I know you do. Oh, my gosh. And when that happened, my life started to change.
0: And so um, uh, that I I had to integrate it. I had to weave it in. I had to weave in the human story Um, and what ended up happening, which that part is crazy. We said, well, if the 2004 Nimitz encounter happened in the Catalina area, and then later after that, in 2014, 17, 15, 17, the USS Omaha, the USS Kidd, other ships as well reported similar, you know, those tic tac UFOs in the same area, even swarms. Uh, I remember it was the USS Omaha, I believe, swarms of these Tic Tac videos. Something is in this area. Mm -hmm. Because we have Kevin Day and the Navy guys in the story, is it possible that we could go back (laughs) to the same area and find the same Tic Tacs? I mean, it was like, what are the odds, right? Mm -hmm.
1: 2021.
0: And sure enough, it's insane. But we did catch... Uh, similar objects. I mean, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but it's, you know, when we planned it, we didn't know what was going to happen. And it ended up being kind of like coming full circle, Absolutely, that crazy story. And in five
1: days, I want to just, I want to emphasize for the audience, you will undoubtedly want to see this film beginning to end in, in typical Caroline Corey fashion. It was done so beautifully, the cinematography and yet very real, um, Five days, guys, five days, five nights that you had set up this sort of triangulation between Catalina Island off the coast of Southern California, San Diego, right? Um, And Laguna, Laguna Beach. So you you had a team over on the island. And then you guys, I believe, were set up uh, stationary on Laguna. Five days, five nights. I have to ask you, that is like unbelievable pressure. What if we don't get anything? Did you have a sense, Caroline, that something was going to show up? I mean, you really banked you—you you bet a lot of money on the farm <laughs> to get some footage in a short period of time. What was going on inside of you that made oh you God. so confident about this?
0: So, like I said in the beginning, it was like uh, when I was when I had the idea. Uh, just go and make this film because originally I was going to do the sequel of superhuman Uh and then it just came like no to go do this film so so I was I felt like I was on the right path but the closer we got the more money I was spending it was like oh my god here's another bill here's another bill was like another $50,000 another $100,000 you know it was getting crazy I really was like five days what are the odds so I and so the 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 scientists that were in the movie are very nuts and bolts like there is no don't even talk about consciousness or contact or like oh my god like you know uh it's it's just we're here to do all the physical you know measurements and stuff like that so I did not have that collaborate that support if you will from the actual team in order to kind of set some intention right none of that so so I was terrified and um even though back of my mind I knew I had to do it but uh, so I would go just before we got to you know filming um, I would go in my hotel room I'd be like okay you guys (laughs) give me something something, you know, like just one thing, you know, and so I knew something was going to happen July 14th. Mm So, so I said it, uh, we set up the, uh, the expedition to be July 12th to the 16th. And sure enough, on July 14th, that was the first uh, capture Uh, It came from the Catalina team and then it it ended up correlating with other things as well, Um, you know, from the Laguna team. And from there, it was one thing after another, one thing after (laughs) another. And it wasn't just one thing we captured. We captured multiple things and not just multiple things. Multiple very unusual things that I've never seen before. Can you talk about some
1: of without being a spoiler? Can you talk about? We know that there were some of the very same Tic Tacs that were uh that were present uh during the Nimitz encounter, the Tic Tac, the famous Tic Tac encounter. You saw that, but what else?
0: Oh my god. So so of course we had the typical orbs, uh Mm -hmm. things that would come and like zigzag and leave. Uh, things that physical objects that would appear, tilt, and then disappear. And they had a shape, the shape of a little, you know, plane or something. not plane. Obviously, it's not an airplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that would register cold. That's why we have thermal cameras. And so, yeah, when, when, an, when an object is flying with a propulsion system, uh, technically it's hot <laughs> so when you register an object that's cold uh there is something anomalous there crazy correlations objects that are flying against the wind with tic-tac like shape um you know and of course at the very end you know
1: <laughs> do you I don't want to spoil
0: it i'll It's kind the- of in the trailer
1: okay it is kind of in the trailer i'll give you a hint it is where the title of the film is derived from. <laughs> we got to go there a little bit. I know you talked about it in another interview, so maybe we'll get to it toward the end. But yeah, you saw a lot. You know, you talk about the the cold, the me- measurement of um, cold, cold temperatures showing or um, intimating that there was something anomalous going on, and oftentimes we hear also in classic hauntings as an example or uh, where a lot of poltergeist activity is going on inside of a structure or a home that too will tend to register cold temperatures people will feel uh, areas of intense cold uh, and invariably something anomalous or paranormal is going on did you think about that when you with that particular measurement
0: yeah but it's a different dynamic because this is you're on the earth in a physical structure but there you're flying you're flying there's a propulsion system so like the thermodynamic you know i mean it's a whole different i don't think you can compare the both things uh so i think it it's a it's a whole different type of technology that warps you know space time the fabric you know in such a way that um you know it's it's not traveling in the same way that we are uh so because of that it it's it registers uh cold which is anomalous again mm-hmm. okay so fair enough not, which is not a technology that technically we have technically. Right, right wow <laughs> so so, yeah, and so, so, and then at the end, this this uh, you know, anomaly that we found, which is, again insane, like um, as a sort of an opening, an opening and closing, revealing actual actual physical objects, we measured them, you know, and again, as a side note to to repeat and to remind the listeners that, we are dealing with nuts and bolts scientists here. Where it's not like this guy in his garage looking up and saying, "Oh, I think it's a wormhole." And no, mm-hmm. <laughs> these guys are going to study and look at the um, the data and like. Over and over and say, maybe it's this, maybe it's radiation, maybe it's solar this, maybe it's that, Um, and check with other organizations for maybe NASA picked up on something, maybe Fermi picked up on, you know, that's the type of, of uh, analysis that these guys were going through. And so, and to get to a conclusion of, we don't know what that is (laughs) Uh, and, and things opening and closing, what is that? right so because of this the film it i mean is bringing so much more first of all there's nothing like it out there um it shows how a scientific expedition could be set up for ufos it shows what we went through and it shows the the amount and the variety of things we're able to capture and then I guess we added more to the story, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're onto something massive, I think. With this, You're film. onto
1: something massive. And so for that, I have to ask this question. You mentioned some of the other organizations like NASA that routinely uh, uh, try to uh, procure information in this regard. And no doubt this type of studying is uh, going up exponentially with what's going on. Did you, Caroline, ever, if you can say, get approached by some of these agencies, uh, very (laughs) curious about the, uh, the, uh, sophistication of your operation. Did you, did you get any, any bite from anyone, anybody curious? Uh, Well,
0: yeah. I mean, there's some scientists who've been emailing, you know, asking more questions. Can you give us details? Because, you know, don't forget, I'm making a film here. This is not a PowerPoint, you know, presentation. Uh, at a science conference where, you know, you explain the physics, you know, the mathematical, blah. blah, blah. I mean, you lose, nobody's going to watch that. And, you know, I'm making this film for not just the UFO folks, but for the mainstream, mm-hmm. like, Hey, so there's enough uh scientific details to to explain that this is an anomalous event and then there's going to be more explanations in the present so all this to say that there are some scientists who have been asking more questions like you know uh but yeah i, I like i haven't been approached by an organization officially <laughs> let's say, but I'm sure people have been looking at this and um, kind of trying to figure out like what's going on Uh, so far. I haven't had anybody who came up to say at that level or from that kind of level of expertise, let's say, to say, oh, we know exactly what this is. This is boom, boom, boom. No one said that, you know? Um, So, so we'll have to wait and see. Let's wait and see. Yeah. Yeah.
1: particularly with what's upcoming with this uh, open hearing uh, within Congress. Uh, Is it, um, what are the particular subcommittees? I can't remember. Is it counterterrorism, et cetera, counterintelligence, et cetera? Let's talk about this for a little bit, Caroline. Something is going on, girl. <laughs> We've been seeing this kind of since 2017, particularly since that uh, famous little uh, leak in, about the, the Pentagon secret program. But something's definitely ramping up here. And and I I really, I'm going to withhold my opinion as to what it is, because I don't know that any of us truly know. I, I'll be frank with you. I'm a little dubious. I'm a little incredulous about what the motivation is. And I always look at the time period that we're in when you when you get these sudden surges of interest in certain things that heretofore are off, to, or, or off uh, limits to talk about. Certainly we're p- way past the giggle factor. Uh, something serious is going on here. Hence the reason why synchronistically your film came together uh, to do what it needed to do. But I want to get your thoughts on where this may be going. We're talking about, the, I'm calling it the hall or the data dump. With that fifteen hundred plus pages, physiological effects. Want to talk about that? But now this hearing, what are we facing here? And I, oh, yes. before you before you answer that, I want to, you know, I I have to quote one of the if I can find it one of the Congress, uh, the I think the person that's going to be leading this uh, this uh, upcoming panel, Representative Andre Carson. He's going to chair the hearing, and he was quoted in one article as saying. "Quote: We can't rule out something that is otherworldly." I think that's the first time I've heard something like that.
0: Yeah, no, the other uh, folks as well uh, from Congress has said, you know, kind of like here and there, but then they kind of catch themselves and say, "But we can't go there. We can't guarantee. We don't know." You know, like kind of keep it very fuzzy and like confusing. <laughs> right. So, but. I mean yeah this is a huge huge step and um especially with that uh, report about the effects coming in contact the physiological effects i mean what Pen- the pentagon talking about abductions and spontaneous um, pregnancies the, it, it, it's, it's like it's almost surreal it <laughs> it's surreal and uh and now the hearing so I feel there's definitely something going on, um, an agenda going on, but at the same time, I feel it's like a revolving door. You know, it's like, uh, we keep putting out this information. We've been putting out all these UFO footage that can't be debunked or, you know, I mean, incredible stuff. Then so many people talking about abductions and this and this and that. And of course, everybody's thinking we're crazy. So, at one point, there's so much credible evidence, so many whistleblowers, that at one point, I feel like the government like, has to say something. You know, They can't just stay silent forever, even though they're always kind of inconclusive. You're always saying it's inconclusive or mm-hmm. this or that, but they have to say something. So I feel we're triggering some of that response the same way as this hearing as well. We are civilians and in this movie we're the first civilians who are out there collecting data scientifically um, and give, you know showing it to the public. And again, in the movie format there's you know kind of a short version. And then there's hundreds of hours of data that was collected just from these five days. And we're civilians. You're not going to tell me that the government, with all the satellites and the radars and all the thing and monitoring the skies 24 seven, they don't have data. Of course. You see what I mean? Right. So, so when, when this film and other people like me are keep putting out this evidence that uh, in a short amount of time, we get so much data, you know what I mean? Like, I think we're pushing the government to come out and keep saying things. Okay. Having said that, they also have an agenda, but sure. they're, you know what I mean? Like they're kind of like seeing what's out there when she, they should be saying what and things like that. So, so this is to remind the people, um, I'm doing my part in terms of putting out in a, in a, you know, in a, in um, on a platform in a, um, in a medium such as film, but everybody that keeps putting out credible information out there, we are definitely triggering this disclosure. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And at the same time, I think they also have an agenda because it's just too weird.
1: (laughs) It is too weird. And it's too bad bad we have to be so, so um, skeptical uh, although I think healthy skepticism is good, but because of the track record of some of the things that have gone in the past, we can't help, but question what are the motives? What is the agenda? Um, and it's anyone's guess as tempted as I am to, to proffer my, my own opinion, I'm not going to do it, but, you know, going back to this, I think of the two events, we'll call it the, 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 the dump, the data dump that just happened. I think it was in early April and then this upcoming uh, uh, hearing in the first one, the, the, physiological reports. And it wasn't just about that, but that was very, very telling. I got a quote from a couple of articles that I picked picked up and uh, read on the subject. Uh, and I'm going to quote one fascinating document that was uh, acquired by the Sun included in an acquisition threat support report sets out how categories uh, categories including anomalous behavior with encounters with ghosts yetis spirits elves and other mythical legendary entities classed as a n as a nancy three then of course seeing a ufo with aliens on board would be ce3 but they also cover poltergeists crop circles (laughs) spontaneous human combustion alien (laughs) abductions and other paranormal events also categorized in this report, Caroline, really? Now to you and I, (laughs) and to many in our audience, these are the things that we are constantly talking about. But when you get official documentation on things that have been pushed and pushed as being woo-woo and dismissed, all of a sudden flipped on its ear, what? Something's going on here.
0: Definitely. Exactly. And so I feel, uh, I mean, again, we don't know for sure. And I don't know how much like I can just say, you know, but I just feel that um, the government wants to get on our side, uh, apparently, you know, like want to uh, stop saying no, 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 because I think they can't. And instead of like, it's kind of like the game it's kind of like reverse psychology, you know. Uh, instead of telling us you're all crazy, they're going to tell us no. Well, there may be something there. We know there's something there. We don't know what it is, but let us help you. You see, like it's almost mm-hmm. like let's. It's better to be to do this together as opposed to the government appearing as against, you know, say right. and hiding. So I feel like it's a technique. It's a tactic to. Uh, gain our tr- trust again you know because then then if they say look we've studied this phenomenon we, we were ignoring it forever but we studied this phenomenon and, blah, 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 and this it's telling us this so so this is the plan to kind of you see what i mean so I get can, that. you see mm-hmm. so it's almost like i feel like it's it's a another tactic angle to get us to trust again what they're going to be feeding us, which, it
1: could, it could does that be. make sense? It makes perfect sense. And it could be, again, I like to say it's never this or that, but this and that, that may be one component to it. Um, another I have to bring up, and I'm going I'm to be a bit, again, skeptical of, of some of these motivations historically. And you do uh, touch on this in your film about when you get testimony from some of the folks that were a part of the Nimitz encounter or the TikTok encounter, including Kevin Day, talking about the confiscation of information at the time of the event in 2004, that this is obviously by military. This is obviously not the first time this has happened. There's a, a massive historical uh, record of this sort of confiscation, mysterious visits by men in black and others. Um, so so I, I question how much they're saying they know versus how much they actually know and why the secrecy and the threats against the the witnesses in many cases by these officials how does that all fit in
0: yeah they're gonna blame it on you know a black projects like hey it's for national security you know we can not divulge some technology that we have and uh it's all for your own sake and for your good you know i mean that's kind of the reason they're they're always giving and so if that means I'm going to confiscate this data for me to analyze it and then tell you what I think it is uh, you know what I mean it's kind of like that that's that's how they justify all these things happening but it's it's kind of like uh, it's not working anymore And, Mm -hmm. and that's what I'm saying I feel like now it's a different approach the thing. government is look is appearing uh, like the enemy in terms of ufos i mean you know what i mean in this whole paranormal world there are enemy they don't believe and uh, so on and so forth and so okay why don't we get the people behind us to get them to do what we want them to do
1: mm. interesting
0: that's kind of how i feel uh you know the the other question if that is the case why this why now why now yeah always my favorite
1: question because timing is everything even though we ultimately live outside of space and time within our 3d world timing is everything and I think that I'm always looking at the sequence of events and why things may uh be happening at one time versus another yeah um I mean, look at the world we're living in broadly right now and all of, you know, so much being predicated on um, on fear and uh, things just being different. Well, if you want to talk about introducing a different paradigm into uh, our formal, former, quote, normal society, what better time to do something like this than now?
0: Right. So, so, of course, uh, to me, politics and agendas is like go hand in hand. I mean, there's always some sort of agenda. So, in terms of timing, again, I'm speculating. You know, I don't have proof of any of this. It's just my intuition and what I see and observe and understand. Um, I feel, uh, of course, it's a it's a big dis- distraction. Um, uh, there are there are always uh, financial reasons to. Uh, You know, just like the first report, it's like, okay, we have 100, we studied 144 cases, Uh, it's inconclusive, give us more money, we'll tell you what it is. And so there's always some sort of financial uh, reason for gain for military purposes, Um, not just uh, planetary from country to country, but also um, threats from elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So, so that's, that actually has been in the work for a long time, actually, but now um, I feel like it's needing more attention. So, so that's the reason why um, I feel there's that agenda going on um, politically, but on the outside, it's also, it feels the timing has to do with distraction uh, with the planning you know like the pandemic it's almost like the pandemic thing was it that was a huge deal like that was it I already talked about that um now we're over it even though it's still there but mm-hmm. it, for some reason it, it's nobody's talking about it anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. and mm-hmm. so what's the next big story it just feels like this other story this narrative uh that we're being fed for uh another uh, agenda behind the scenes. And and I think it's for military gain.
1: We're talking about, excuse me, human motivation up to this point. Now let's dip and dip our toes into the water of perhaps non-human motivation. I've had this conversation, Caroline, with Linda Moulton Howe, I believe at some point with Richard Dolan, all of our favorites, about to what extent, if at all, what we call non-human intelligence may be behind what we're calling agendas of a, of a whole variety, whether malevolent, benevolent, or neutral. Could the timing and could some of what we're seeing, this this revelation be, could some of the strings uh, be being pulled by the extraterrestrials or extra dimensionals at all themselves?
0: yeah for sure I mean it's it's a much bigger picture and bigger story like I people think that the government is the ultimate kind of control person you know and uh, or entity and in fact you know whether we like it or not or know it or not the the planet is still part of a planetary system which is part of a Galactic system, which is part of a universe. And there are beings that are in charge of uh, kind of maintaining the structure. You have to think about um, being, you know, the pla- the planetary system and the galaxy as being one body. It's all connected. So, so for example, if something is happening with your body, is your hand start breaks or something happened, or your liver breaks down and it's not functioning. The body, because it's all connected, it's one system the body is going to trigger a sort of response. And then it's an immediate response. It's not even after the fact, as soon as there is a malfunction, the body responds by the immune system of the body is going to trigger whatever chemical reaction or to try to repair Mm -hmm. that uh, organ, if you will. And so the planet is not floating around. I mean, you know, without the sun, it just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So everything is interconnected cosmically and so if something is self-destructing such as the planet earth because it is self-destructing i mean come on just look around if it's starting to self-destruct like the liver and the body the immune system of the surrounding you know of the body is going to kick in and step and bombard this organ, this entity with the proper information, the proper chemistry, the proper whatever mm-hmm. uh, energy that it needs to self-repair. So it's a little bit like that. There, There is a larger organization of entities whether it's just energies meaning cosmic energies moving the celestial bodies but also beings and i know that for a fact because i know who these beings are and so that are either incarnating so they are in physical form or working on the other side of the veil and their work is to allow and help the planet earth to self-repair because it is it is messing up the body. The you galactic
1: see? body, really. Yeah, the galactic yes.
0: body. I love
1: the metaphor. You know, I think it's, it's not, brilliant.
0: It's doesn't, it's, you can't extra, you can't see the liver. I'm going to pretend it's not there. Well, it's there, you know, and it's, and it's sending the wrong cells. It's sending the wrong signals. It's messing up the immune system, the endocrine system. It's messing up everything else. And so it's exactly like that. And so uh, the the beings that, Feel I know that they are here. They don't belong, or, or they are communicating with other beings on the other side of the veil, and know they're getting messages and downloads for that purpose. It is happening exactly that way. So, that's the reason why we should never stop at the human. You know, story. Whatever the government is doing, guess what? They're just human. That's right. They're that's just right. human. And there is, and they're still part of a larger intelligence that is seeing, observing everything. Mm -hmm. And, And the immune system of the entire body is a lot stronger, more powerful than any of the tiny little organs, such as the earth. And it's kind of operating, not kind of, it is operating Uh, at a universal level, because it's operating with universal laws. It's not operating with the teeny little human laws that we've come up with, our little agreements, like, hey, we're going to have boundaries and we're not going to have wars on Sunday, but then we can go back to war on Monday. Mm -hmm. Hello. I mean, just ridiculous things like that. The universal laws are based on principles of oneness because it's one body. That's right. It's based on principles of love. It's based on principle of um, reinventing yourself, you know, self-repair, self-organize, self-maintain to thrive and continue evolving. It's the opposite of self-destruction. One organ wants to self-destruct, it's going to have to self-repair. That's right. It's bigger than us.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I, you know, I, I know that we are integral to the larger body, um, but we don't run it. We are, you know, it's kind of interesting. You could almost look at it as a paradox because we as individuals, like William Blake said, the, the, how, how did he say it? the, um oh gosh, something like we have a whole sea in a grain of sand or the universe is in a grain of sand. In other words, the universe is within us but that doesn't mean we can control the universe. It means that we are part of that one body, but it is there's a self-correcting faction that is intelligent. Now we get into the the topic of consciousness, universal consciousness. Um, And if that overarching consciousness is seeing an area of the larger body that is compromised, it will move into self-correction mode. Now, a lot of people, might argue that that has to do with the what about the non-interference uh, factor in all of this? I don't know if I would look at that in the same way. what do you what are your thoughts on that? Or free
0: will of- or free will or free will Yeah, people are going to say, oh you know well those who are they can create their reality. Yes, but so there's two kind of levels of that. you still have you still have a free will but what happens is that part of your free will when you incarnate, is to also participate in the collective consciousness because we are i mean whether we like it or not you know you can't you can't kind of cut (laughs) reality around you and say i'm separate from reality you know as soon as you're incarnated in a human body you're part of the collective human consciousness so everything that you do is contributing Oh, mm-hmm. this way or that way. So you are, you still have free will to do what you want. You want to go kill 25 people, you have the free will to do that. And um, you want to go and do good and whatever, help, whatever, uh, something um, help Erase uh, p- poverty on the planet, you can mm-hmm. go and do that. So there's still this free will. But what happens is that your higher consciousness, before you came in, before you were ever incarnate, I'm not talking about past lives, I'm talking about your original, your original essence. Everyone originated with a pure divine essence that has within it uh, the universal principles. So before this free will, this human free will, you are universal consciousness that is universal principles, which, as we said, it's self-repair, self-heal, self-correct, love, uh, freedom, uh, and thriving and evolving. So you were that because you're a part of the universe, whether Absolutely. we like it or not. And then you came in and then you changed your mind. You said, well, now I want to self-destruct. I want to kill a bunch of, people." you know, so, so, so what happens is that you, there's this dichotomy, you know, one part of you has still has the free will, but the larger you ha- is not severed from you because that's the real you And so what happens is it's going to be a tug of war, so to speak. That's why people are struggling because they're creating, I'm not saying everybody's going to go kill people, but I mean, they're creating their uh, reality based on Mm -hmm. self-destruction, self-destruction, you know, getting into uh, codependency drugs or whatever, any sort of self-destructive behavior, which goes against their real true self and that's why people suffer so the minute they align their human free will with their higher consciousness free will boom first of all everything unfolds in their life because then you're in alignment it's like um a Russian doll you know like the smaller you is perfectly aligned with the larger you which is perfectly aligned with the planetary you which is perfectly aligned with the universal you know galactic you and the universal you so everything is in perfect alignment it's the same divine principles from up there down to here and from down here up to there and everything starts to flow so
1: yes wow <clears throat> I don't know that I've ever heard you articulate in such a lucid, I mean, you're obviously, you're very good at what you do, and you're so expansive in terms of your understanding and distilling, but you really hit the nail on the head, my friend. I appreciate that. I want to talk more about the film, but we're <laughs> we're winding down. I think the best thing to do is for y'all to go see the film, and we're still right at the launch. This uh this opened, opened, may. 5th or 3rd, was it? May 3rd? Yeah,
0: May 3rd. It just opened. So it's and very it's fresh.
1: Fantastic. You're already breaking some records I've heard. So yes. It's, yeah, yeah. Well, tell us, obviously, we want to know where we can get it. And I believe there are a few places, but where's the best place for where's the best touch point for people to get the film, you can see the trailer as well. We'll have a link, I was going to show the trailer, but I think I'm going to Leave that for you, because we've had such a full conversation. We'll leave a link for the trailer. But also, where can people get the film on demand?
0: Yeah, the best way is probably Amazon or iTunes. Probably Amazon is easier. But uh, they can also, because different people have different platforms. So go to etairinthesky.com. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see a link, watch now, and you'll see a bunch of other platforms as well Excellent. Microsoft Voodoo, Apple TV, and things like that. So they uh, can. Congratulations. But we would love it if people like um, watch it, if they want to, if they love it and if they see the value, if they can support by leaving reviews, because then that helps other people say, you know, the mainstream that just stumbles on it mm-hmm. and they see, it, so then it encouraged more and more people to watch.
1: Absolutely. It. Please do. And you'll want to, and a good one at that because you just do a stellar job. And it's, it's one of those things, guys, I will say that it's, uh, it's not airy fairy, not, nor that, uh, not that she would ever do that sort of thing, but you, you've got that side to you. That's very consciousness and uh, experientially focused. This is about the science, but the way it's presented. It scientist or layperson alike is really going to appreciate uh, the credibility that you just bring to this very, very even bigger subject than has been presented heretofore. It's just huge, and I can't get over the timing uh, of this film coming out. So go see A Terror in the Sky. Oh, one thing. We didn't do, you said you were going to give a little hint as to why it was called A Tear in the Sky, or did you?
0: Oh, yeah, that's so funny. No, actually, I called the film A Tear in the Sky two years ago when I first had the the idea. And the reason being, I believe there are those uh, nodes, you know, in within the magnetic field around the planet that are basically charged energy, like the magnetic field gets so concentrated there that you can warp. The fabric of space-time you can bend light you know mm-hmm. so i feel that um in those particular nodes um that's where the ufos or these uh, strange anomalies can happen um because it's warping space-time and so i i i kind of connect with those nodes and i i'm cu- i want to understand and know more what these nodes are which are to me is sort of a portal it's sort of a right entry exit point to other realities or other technologies or other ways to get beyond this planet and so uh instead of calling it a node in the sky i you know like a tear in the sky felt kind of appropriate and sure enough um at the end we find this crazy opening in the sky that's like a tear in the sky so. like a tear
1: in the sky okay I did well that makes it even more fascinating right almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy in a yeah. way really oh my gosh well that I did not know that <laughs> yes. I thought for sure because I believe you you refer to this anomaly in the sky that literally looked like a portal or a wormhole Yeah, Uh, This is, you gotta see this film, you guys, and and you'll see this, this footage for yourself. That's where I thought the title was derived from, but I'm, I'm still going to stick with that because I think you had a premonition or a precog that told you, even though you were, you had a different justification for it. It showed you at the very end. Yes. This is about a tear in the sky and more and much more guys. So (laughs) Caroline Corey, oh my God you did it again, girl. You did it again. Go see all of Caroline's films. They're, they're fantastic, but go see this one first and keep up with us on higher journeys, because of course we're going to be covering more on the UFO slash UAP slash experiential, which to me is the most important, always will be part of this big story. Things are about to change and quick. We're not going to stop here though. We're going to, we're going to stop the show the episode right now, but we're going over, you know, we're going, we're going to Patreon, where we're going to talk a bit more about this, the, the implications for what's going on right now, what we have been calling for so long, official disclosure, how will this affect mass consciousness, Caroline? Let's talk about that, shall we? Come on over to Patreon, join us for another segment on the after show portion. And of course, it's a great way to support higher journeys. So we hope to see you there. Caroline, Corey, Again, my dear, you are a blessing to all of us. Thanks for all your great work.
0: Thank you so much. And so are you, my dear.
1: Thank you. God bless you and God bless you journeyers. We'll see you next time on how your journeys take care.